From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Datebook Podcast. I'm Chronicle pop culture critic Peter Hartlob here with senior digital A&E editor Marikar Mendoza. Welcome, Marikar. Hi, happy to be back. So we had a visit from the makers of Always Be My Maybe today. Yes, uh, Randall Park and Anachka Khan. Randall is uh, the leading man in Always Be My Maybe. He's co-starring with Ali Wong. And Anachka is the director for the film. Randall and Anachka work together on Fresh Off the Boat as well. Um, Randall is the star. Anachka is the creator of that sitcom, which has recently been renewed on ABC. I know you enjoyed this new movie. We, we talked about it, I think, the day after you saw the movie. But it's clear there were personal reasons why you were happy that the movie came out. Yeah, I have to give this disclaimer. I'm gushing just a little bit in, in this interview. But it's because I, I didn't grow up with a rom-com where the leads were Asian-American. And um, it, it just was so great to see it on screen. I'm happy to know that it's going to be on Netflix on Friday, May 31st, and I'm going to be able to watch it over and over and over again with my family even. Um, yeah, it's 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 also a very San Francisco movie, so that checked another box for me, and that made it very special. Um, a lot of the scenes are shot near my hood, so it's pretty cool. Well, it's a very fun conversation. There are some light spoilers, a lot of talk about San Francisco. Talk about Randall Park's early rap career. Yeah, we brought that up a little bit. I could not get him to drop any bars, guys, so I'm sorry about that. Well, we're going to get him next time. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. When did you guys get into San Francisco? Did you guys just get in today, this morning? Uh, we got in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we did, uh, we've been doing some stuff for the movie last yeah. night and then all day today. Mm-hmm. Um, did Allie give you any recommendations on where to go? Or do, have you felt like you know the city enough now to well, navigate? She, she took us to, what was that dim someplace? City called? View. City View. Oh, delicious. And for lunch today. Oh, okay. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, she oh she went to the R and D lounge. She's always going to the R and D lounge. R and G R and G for the yeah. for the crab. So good. Yeah. And then yeah. Turtle Tower. Turtle Tower. Yes. That comes up a lot. And the tenderloin. Mm-hmm. I get that delivered often. Do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, cool. I, I mean, and and actually, it was Ali's decision to to shoot always be my maybe here in the city. Is that right? Well, it was a uh, definitely her. Um, upbringing here played a huge part in that making it into the story yeah it kind of made sense to to uh, um, well for us when we started writing we really liked the idea of you know a, a lot of kind of classic movies where the city is actually almost like a character mm-hmm. in the movie and uh, San Francisco just seemed like the perfect kind of place to set our story yeah I was actually going to ask how what parts were actually shot in San Francisco? Because I know some weren't. Right, there were we many shot, of them shot in San Francisco, but yeah, we shot some of it in Vancouver, and then we came out here last July and shot out here. So we shot um, they're in the Richmond district for all the childhood stuff, their homes, you know, Marcus and Sasha. We shot at the uh, farmers market at the Civic Center. 
Um, yeah, it's just right down the street. Yeah, it's so close. Walked by there, and and I relived that moment in the movie in my mind. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that was so much fun to shoot there. And also, it was interesting because they were like, you can have control of some of it, but not all of. You know, the farmers market was in op- like operational that day, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I wasn't sure how that was going to be. And like, are people going to be looking at the camera? Like, how's it going to? Nobody cared. We were there. Like, they were there <laughs> for the produce. Yeah. And it was uh, so much fun to watch. Like, there's a um, the shot that we wound up using in the yeah. movie. You can see if you watch it again, like Allie sort of gets jostled, like as she's coming to see Randall, and those were just straight up shoppers. Like yeah. they were not extras. Like, These old Chinese get... ladies just bumping <laughs> her out beans. of the way. They didn't yeah, care about it. the cameras. Try to get the cucumbers or yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did not care. I do have to say though, I noticed uh, the Clement Street uh, Street shot that was not here. That was not that actually was... here. Um, what what was the choice there? Why not do it like say on Grand Avenue or something like that in Chinatown? I think it was a scheduling issue, mm. you know, because we we wanted it to be a you know set in that area, the sort of Clement Street area that had that look, you know, so it looked different than sort of the Chinatown that you've seen in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we liked the vibe of it when we came out here scouting, um, but then schedule wise, I can't remember why that that scene moved to Vancouver. So then we had to find a, a, you know, stretch a street in Vancouver to mimic the San Francisco, you know, look that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. was it was definitely like a love letter to San Francisco, actually, mm-hmm. a totally. lot of the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a lot of, sh- uh, there were a few shots of the Balboa Theater um, for mm-hmm. Four Star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant a lot to Allie. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, that whole area is very much means a lot to Allie, the sort of sunset <laughs> Richmond district. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where she grew up. You know, a lot of her family's still out here. Her mom still lives here, mm-hmm. her brother and sister and their families, her niece. So she was very specific about, you know, kind of what she wanted to feature in the movie and, and what these guys wrote on the page, you know. So when we were out here, we were very targeted with our um, scouting. Mm-hmm. Randall, for you, I know you grew up in... Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, shooting the movie up here, though, did it make you fall in love with San Francisco in a different way? I mean, I already was in love with San Francisco. This is where my dad first moved when he came to uh, the U.S. He lived in San Francisco for a while. And um, also when there was a time when I was doing stand-up comedy, and it was around the same time <laughs> Ali started, and I would uh, come up here, stay with her, and she would kind of take me to the rooms all around the city because she are at that point she already had ins you know throughout throughout the 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 popular spots to perform so so it was just a great place to work out material and mm-hmm. uh, uh so i tried to come up here as often as i could and um and i just love it I, and i before our movie i was shooting ant-man and the wasp here so i kind of got a sense of what it was like to shoot in san francisco and uh it's just such a beautiful, beautiful city. So, um, yeah, I was I was so happy that we got to do it again. The views are great, so I'm sure you had yeah. a great time shooting just, like, B-roll. That's <laughs> it. You know, we had to get all that B-roll stuff. We got that shot of the little kids running down the street, and we go up and... Oh, that shot th- is amazing. That day, too, it's like, we don't know, is the fog going to... Are we going to see the bridge, or are we not going to see the bridge? You know, you can't really control it. We went out and scouted it, and every time it looked good, it looked good, and then it was foggy that day, and you're just, like, rolling the dice, and we got this, you know, this great image of these two little kids sort of running towards the bridge, and then seeing them out in the city, and, you know, we shot all of the 
the maximal restaurant stuff with Keanu. That was all shot here. We shot at the Jewish Museum. Mm-hmm. We shot in the penthouse at the Fairmont. We just shot, you know, as much as we could out here. I have to admit, I saw Keanu on the street. So I live near Fairmont. And um, we were coming out of the Masonic garage. And I had to tell my fiance to stop, like, really abruptly. I'm like, hey, there's somebody walking. And it was Keanu. Was this during We our... almost, like, Are you saying ran you saved over. John Wick? I, I saved John Wick <laughs> from being ran over by our little Kia soul. Um, was this during the film or think, when we were shooting? I think Last so, summer? because oh, he yeah. was walking there and he walked into the Fairmont. So yeah. not yeah, that yeah. I was, you know, stalking him or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just you. slowly in the soul was like, following him. I was like, Keanu. Uh, no, that's that's awesome, though. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about the casting for Keanu. Can I ask, like, did Allie ask for him to do that? Did you come up with, with having Keanu play? Well, I mean, early on while we were writing, we were we wanted this person to be Marcus's worst nightmare, essentially. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he shows up at a time when uh, Marcus is finally ready to admit his love, to, to or profess his love to, to Sasha, and, and then she has a new boyfriend. And what would be, like, the worst scenario, the, the worst person for Marcus? And and, and um, the way Ali puts it is, you know, we, we wanted to get someone who was Asian-American who was a uh, a movie star or someone iconic someone who is a great actor and someone who could be funny and someone who was would be open to to poking fun at themselves and uh i mean really there's there's really only keanu (laughs) (laughs) you whittle that list down you're like oh yeah, but we didn't think we'd get him. I mean, I, what are you know? If you want Keanu in your movie, what are the chances you're actually going to get him? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but we we somehow we somehow got him. Can you talk to me? Well, you know, at a time during entertainment, the, the entertainment industry and representation and fair representation, um, it was very clear in the film that you guys weren't like falling into those stereotypes the characters in the film didn't check off a particular box marcus the character that you play and always be my maybe he's not a tech nerd um mm-hmm. so were, were there conscious decisions was it was it easy because these people already exist in your life mm-hmm. um you know asian americans that actually are your friends like this or, mm-hmm. or like how how did you guys go about the characters in each yeah, it was never a conscious decision like oh we're gonna avoid stereotypes with every character it was just a, a kind of a, a real organic process and I think one thing that Ali and I and Notch uh, one thing that that we share I think is we get excited by things that are new and different and and interesting and and it's just more interesting to to do things that haven't been done before. And uh, so, uh, and at the same time, a lot of these characters, yeah, these are people we know. These are people mm-hmm. we grew up with. These are people we uh, identify with. So it, it just kind of organically all just happened. And uh, um, yeah, and and now we look back and it's like, oh yeah, we, we avoided a lot of stereotypes or we like, you know, delved into new places and, and uh, new types of characters, but really it was just us trying to tell the best story. I think it's uh, pretty awesome how, as you as the leading man, um, I think maybe 
initially people would not have seen you in that role, but you fit it so well. I actually was yes. talking to a friend who said, and I hope this isn't offensive, but he said, um, <laughs> oh, you're no, like, you're going to have to offend me. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, and I got to pretend like I'm not offended. He's like, Randall like, Park. Right <laughs> he's like, Randall Park is like the Asian Tom Hanks. Ooh, that's oh, wow. pretty good, that's right? Not, that's right? Not, oh my really gosh. That's right? a high compliment. compliment. Because it was just like, yeah, you're, you're sweet. You're the guy next door. You're, you're pretty damn handsome. I can say that too <laughs> in, in person. You. I mean, I like to so, say that he's a snack out here. On the street. He's a snack on the <laughs> street. I like that. That's why, that's how I like to introduce Randall. <laughs> um, but yeah, Asian Tom Hanks. So are we going to see more of you in rom-coms perhaps? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, we'll see what, you know, what, what happens next. But, um, uh, that's really nice to hear. And uh, yeah, I, you know, if I'm a snack, I'm a snack. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I hope we see more of you in rom-coms because you're, you're so good oh, in this much. movie. So I'm excited for people to see it. And I know you guys have actually also said, um, when I compare this, when I describe this film to people, I say, it's like When Harry Met Sally, but Asian. And I kind of cringe when I say that because I feel like, gosh, why do I have to have that as a qualifier? Mm -hmm. Except, like, I have to have it as a qualifier mm -hmm. because there was not this kind of rom-com mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah, and I think this is really great that yeah. you are the Asian Tom Hanks now for this <laughs> for this generation. Um, what what do you think about that though? The, the having to have that qualifier. Uh, I, I think it's. I think I, I, that it doesn't bother me. I mean, I think it's. It, I think it's natural for a lot of people to see it that way, and I think it's. I think it's great, you know. I think um, uh, ultimately the most important thing, and, and is that we we made a great movie, you know, and a, and, a, and a really funny movie, and a movie with a lot of heart, and um, um, and that's the main thing. But but you know, the acknowledgement of the the Asianness of it all, or the the the. Uh, Womanness of it all, or that you know, that all of that is great. Yeah, it's great. But I think it also kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about how like each of these characters kind of subvert stereotypes in a way. Mm -hmm. It's you know, in every every step of the way, I think you know these guys and myself like we made the choice to. So you know, for example, when you meet Randall's character in present day, and his dad comes in, and he's like, "I'm smoking weed and dancing in front of a mirror." The typical sort of Asian dad response would be to kind of like knock that down and to be like you know outrage or whatever and. He's like, all right, well, come on, let's go. You know, it was such a cute scene. Yeah. yeah, and they, you know, they have a dance battle instead. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you haven't really, and again, like that's not a, a big sort of, you know, glaring, flashing item. But when you're not used to seeing these things, mm -hmm. I think every choice like that, to me, is sort of like like a quiet revolution in yeah. a way. You know, because it's like we're not taking the road that we've seen before, or maybe the easier choice. Randall living at home, you know, being good. Like, he's not, like, a loser who lives in his dad's basement. You know, he's great at what he does. He's a rapper. Allie being a strong businesswoman, like, she she isn't, like, in shoulder pads. It's not <laughs> Dynasty where she comes in and fires everyone. You know, she can be ambitious and also afraid and, you know, knows what she wants and then, you know, cries in the, in the meat freezer. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, painting characters with sort of unexpected strokes is, is something that we're, you know, excited to do. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I have to point out one of them. There are many, many of my favorite scenes in here, but there's this great part in the movie for me. It really resonates. Um, there's a scene where these two little girls are running 
inside the house and then running outside the house. Mm-hmm. And when they run in, they take their shoes off mm-hmm. and then they put their shoes back on outside. Mm-hmm. It was a seamless shot. Mm-hmm. And I find like when you when you watch these films with Asian American characters and they talk about taking their shoes off, they're so overt about it. Like they have to explain it mm-hmm. to their white friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this there were other scenes too where like Ali's taking off her shoes when she goes and there's no explanation there it was as natural as putting your car keys on the kitchen counter when you get home yeah yeah. and I love that was that a conscious decision on your guys's part to make that a thing definitely yeah I mean you know when we talked about for so for every scene I you know always ask like how am I going to get into the scene how am I going to get out of the scene what's the point of the scene in the bigger story and that coming into you know the birthday party sequence I wanted energy. I wanted to establish where we were. And so following these two little girls, you know, gives us energy. They're running in, they're giggling, they're laughing. And then the the real of it, like we're saying, is that's what they would do, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I did. That's what, that's <laughs> what you did. Like, that's what everybody did growing up. That's what, you know, is true to this area and these people, you know? So it's like without making a big, you know, the scene isn't about that, mm-hmm. but that's part of this world that we're creating, that we're inviting audiences into to sort of, you know, feel like they can connect on this on this level. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was very, it was like you're saying, it was a one shot, you know, a tracking shot. So it was very, we had to do it a few times to get the timing right, and um, but it was worth it, you know. Yeah, and so and scenes like that or moments like that, they're they're not written into a script, you know. It does. We didn't write in the script two little girls run into the house stop take off their shoes run through the house pick it you know we didn't write that but I think it's a testament to Notch and the uh, the importance the, the the acknowledging the importance of those details and and um, and making sure that those details are right you know they're just the little the little things that kind of give the scene a moment like that flavor you know that couldn't have been done I don't think if it wasn't for the fact that you guys actually grew up with that kind of that that was in your background that was like that's mm-hmm. what you guys did at home mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah and that's I mean, again why I think representation matters in in the industry do, I don't know are, are we at a point where people are getting are you guys getting sick of hearing that during the media run or tours about like oh what do you think about representation no no, no. Good, I good. mean it's so important you mm-hmm. know what I mean like you never really strived. You're just trying to make the best thing that you can make, right? We're trying to make the best movie possible. And to me, like, doing something well is the best form of representation, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. it's like, we're out here, you know, proud of this movie. And the fact that people are bringing up representation is important because it means that we're doing something right. You know, mm-hmm. people are wanting to connect to it and mm-hmm. notice exactly these small things that, you know, you, you never really know when you're doing it. Are people going to... You know, respond to this, or they can even notice, and so mm-hmm. it's it's satisfying. So the first time I watched this film, I was one of the lucky ones to get to see it. Seen it more than once. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, I immediately text messaged my sisters, and they both have kids. I, I don't have any kids, but I, I, I consider them my kids, right? So, yeah. um, and I told them you have to watch it. And when they're young, but when the kids are old enough to be okay with the sex scene, right, right, exactly. <laughs> like you know. Uh, they should watch it. I told my sisters that. And, um, you know, honestly, growing up, I, again, didn't have any of this. I wonder if my, like, my love life would have changed right. if I had watched this. Do you oh, think uh, about, like, how this may how this may affect this new generation that is that will have this as, like, their 16 Candles or, you know, Pretty in Pink 
Um, I, you know, I didn't, I haven't thought about that too much, but that is something that is like real interesting that, that, yeah, I think it will have an effect on people. I don't know if it'll have like a profound immediate effect, but it's one of those things over time, you know, that, 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 that does make a difference, especially if, if there's other things like it that, mm-hmm. that get made and just over time, um, um, seeing these images and normalizing these these portrayals, you know, I think they they do shape uh, they they shape our lives. Right. I think Randall and I talk about also like when we were growing up, we didn't expect to see ourselves. Yeah, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh I'm looking for myself, and it, it just was never a thing. You know, yeah, yeah I don't think I like I didn't grow up thinking, you know, oh. Like advocating for it, right? But when yeah. I saw it but finally, it. Yeah. you're like, "Whoa!" You don't realize yeah. you've been missing it until you yes. see it. Yes. You yeah, know? yes. And so, hopefully, now that there are more things like it, you know, the new generation, like you know, your your nieces and nephews, and my niece and nephews, will see this and and they expect to see themselves. And to me, like that's also progress, right? Because it's like going from not even having that as an option to now ser- searching it out and having things that you can kind of, you know, gravitate towards. Uh, to me, that's a big, big step toward mm-hmm. in the right direction. Definitely. Um, and that actually brings me to Fresh Off the Boat. Congratulations Thank on the you. renewal of the new season. Um, shows like that, I mean, again, like my niece and nephews, that is their full house. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they've been watching it since the first season. That's amazing. amazing. Because I, I made them watch it at my, ah. they came to visit me and I was like, this is what we're gonna watch Love. for, you know, and, it, and uh, and now it's just a part of their regular programming. Amazing. Um, and so again, I think it's really important to have it as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, c- congratulations on the on the renewal. I spoke with Jimmy O Yang recently, Love and uh, and he's excited to see it. I hope yes. we see more of Horace in in the season. <laughs> what what can you tell me about season six? I mean, you know, we're just starting up, um, getting the writers' room together. I think that. One of the things that we've done in the show is the show has sort of moved through time as we've moved through time. So, you know, it came out in 2015. So in the show, it was 1995. So it's always going to be 20 years behind us. So this year, they're going to deal with stuff like around Y2K, which I think oh, is very exciting. Wow. Hilarious. That's going to uh, bring me back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everyone's like, the computers are rising up. The like world all, is going to end. we got to get water and tuna fish. <laughs> and go, you know protect ourselves so I don't you know just um, it's fun to kind of look back and see what was going on 20 years ago and kind of you know build stories around it Nanachka as the creator of Fresh Off the Boat you're a great ally for Asian Americans um, in entertainment and so I I do want to know your thoughts on um, like what's next for what can Hollywood do for representation Asian Americans and people of color in general I think, you know, personally, I think that people in Hollywood who have the power to make decisions, who greenlight projects, movies, TV shows, the more projects that they see working, the more that they understand that there's an audience for these things, the more um, stories get to be told, you know, and I think it's just about opportunities. So it's understanding that whatever your version um, of events has been, you know, you always hear the reasons of like why something hasn't gotten a green light before this. You know, it doesn't sell internationally. It doesn't, tr- you know, comedy doesn't translate outside of the U.S. You know, there's these all these sort of industry <laughs> thoughts that have been around for a long time. 
And then something comes out and breaks through that and shows that that's not the case, you know? And I think, not to get too sort of big with the thought, but something like Netflix and all these streaming platforms that are coming out have sort of upended everything that people thought they knew. And they're offering movies like, you know, Always Be My Maybe and To All the Boys I've Loved and just like different stories with different protagonists. And I think the more opportunity there is, you know, just you have to keep going and you you understand that. And no one's doing anyone any favors. You know what I mean? It's like you're we're all out here trying to make something like we can all, you know, benefit from this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I do want to go back to always be my maybe and your your rap game. <laughs> um and, and the Bay Area nods to as well, I mean, Lyrics Born mm-hmm. is in it. Um, I know Don, the, uh, Dan the Automator mm-hmm. helped with the music. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a cameo by DJ Hubert, right? Out right? There. Yeah. So can you talk to me about your your rap game, really? I mean, I, I understand <laughs> you you were in Wild and Out with, with I was Nick in Wild and Out, oh yeah, And back then the I, I believe you, you rapped in college. Uh, right? I was in a band, and the band was very similar to the band you see in the movie, except we were, younger at the time and, and the <laughs> band in the movie was is it was essentially what what would, it, would the band be like if they kept going that band and, and oh, are wow. now in uh, adults and still playing and we'd probably be just like the band in the movie what was know? the band name in it's called ill again ill again yeah, it was a oh, bunch nice. of live instruments and except we had like two rappers and um a little um, trivia in the scene where ali when sasha's googling hello peril oh yeah those are real pictures for of Randall. Those are elegant photos oh, during yeah. his wow. elegant era. I love these little you would have noticed, I look that. super young in those photos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it uh, you know it just was in, the music was was real important to the movie, and it was important that it be good, and um, um, and that we capture a certain sound that was a little bit of a throwback sound because this guy is kind of stuck in in, in a time, you know. And uh, and yeah, we we got Dan the Automator. We gave him the parameters. These are four instruments in this band play with those four instruments and he came up with these beats that were just amazing and and it got lyrics born in the band which is like so wild and uh uh yeah yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun do you i'm, I'm sure everybody asked but can you like freestyle still is that still on your no is your no, game? no, no. <laughs> <I'm too old>. <laughs> <laughs> nah. but you wrote all those lyrics though i did mm-hmm. i did I did. It was fun. They're so fun. That oh, was so fun. I, mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I sat through the whole credits just so uh, listening yeah, to the music. Oh, yeah, the song. So that yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's amazing. Um, one more question. So going back to the sex scene, I know there's a lot of talk about how, um, you know, seeing Asian Americans and, or you know, Asians doing, like, sex scenes in, in film and TV are, are not very... Um, it's not common. Uh, can you talk to me about that scene? And I, I believe it's it's based off of your story, your virginity story. Oh, the losing the virginity yeah. scene. Gosh, that really got out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. people want to know. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was something that we, you know, in in the room, we were we were trying to figure out how to how to uh, create this moment where leading up to this big fight and um, and. Uh, it just I offered this story that actually happened uh, to me and uh, 
Notch and and Ali and they, they were the team were just like let's let's do it <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's put it in the script and it, and it made it into the script and it's uh it's it's very strange. <laughs> it is the yeah. thing that he said too was after the you know you got you and your high school girlfriend like yeah. lost your virginity whatever you had a very awkward <laughs> like encounter after that at McDonald's yeah. and they didn't know how to be around each other. Yeah. And I love that, you know, I like, I love that sort of the aftermath of that where it's like, yeah. now what do we do? Yeah. Now this whole big thing has just happened. Well, and we were looking up at the menu, you know, it's above the counter, just staring at it. And we did not want to look at each other. <laughs> so we were just staring at the menu for what seemed like hours, you know, and, uh, and that, yeah, that, that was in there. Well, that's it's pretty hilarious. I think a lot of people will be able to relate, I think. I don't know. We'll see. Um, anything else you'd like to tell Bay Area fans about Always Be My Maybe and how they, I mean, this will probably be on everybody's queue like over and over again. I, I, think, it's, I think it's really fun to watch over and over again because you can catch all these little, little things. subtle things. Um, it's great. I, I just hope people like it, and if they like it, I hope they, yeah, watch it again, tell a friend, and, um, and yeah, that, that, that's really it. It was really such a great experience, like, making this movie with people I love, like Notch and Allie and, and the whole team. It was just such a joyful experience, and, and, uh, and I, I, I just love for the audience to take a little bit of that while you know, watching the movie and, and hopefully they'll, they'll feel the same coming out of it. Great. <coughs> Sorry about that. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> I just want to cough my agreement. <laughs> so hopefully that's okay. It's a good, like, exclamation point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for stopping in here at The Chronicle. We really appreciate you guys taking the time. Oh, thank, thank you for you. having us. That was fun. Thanks. Thanks. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks to Mari Carmendosa and our guests, Nanachka Khan and Randall Park. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Midnight Special by Ease Jammy Jams. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S. 